Well, everybody online, hi, hi people online, really good to have you. Um, everybody here, so grateful for you. I, I'm convinced that we get changed when we get impacted by each other. We're way better with each other than by ourselves. Uh, if you got a Bible, uh, open it up to Colossians 1, verse 9 through 14. Uh, the title of this message today is, It is not difficult to know God's will. It is not difficult to know God's will. I'll read this and then we'll, we'll pray. This is Paul's prayer for the people of Colossae. And this is my prayer for you. And this is my prayer for us. Colossians 1, starting at verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God, we thank you this morning that it is not difficult to know your will for our lives. God, to every person here with questions, walking into 2022, God, what do you have for me? What am I supposed to be doing? Where am I supposed to go? All the big questions, all the little questions. I am asking this morning that you would fill us with the knowledge of your will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I pray that you would open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to receive all that you have for us in this year. I'm asking God that today would be a day that we would say, I know what God wants for me in this year. We come against all confusion, all sense of, man, I'm going to mess it up. And I pray that this would be the day we would say, I'm going forward in God. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. And so from the day we heard, we have not stopped praying for you. There's a story in the Old Testament of a guy named Moses. And there was this army that was coming against them. Moses turned to Joshua, his second in command, and said, Choose some men and go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I'm going to stand on the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses commanded and he fought the army of the Amalekites. Here's what's interesting. Moses climbed up the mountain with Aaron and Hur to the top of this hill. And as long as Moses' hands were up, they won. As soon as Moses' hands faltered, they started to lose. So Moses kind of had a predicament because anytime he got tired, his, his hands would droop and they would start to lose. So Aaron and Hur grabbed both of his arms and they held them up. Moses sat down on a rock and for the rest of the day, he sat there with his hands up overlooking the battle. I think this is exactly where the church of North America is today. There is a battle raging for the souls and the hearts of our nation, of our families, of everybody going on. 
And you, like Paul here, he's like, I have not ceased praying for you. And some of you have been praying and saying, God, would you do something awesome here? And you're lifting your hands and you're kind of tired. And along comes the Aaron and the Her to say, I'm going to hold your hands up. And this is what happens in this context of Sunday morning as we get to come alongside each other, hold each other's hands up. And if we could not stop praying, if we could just stay in the place of saying, God, would you touch my family? God, would you save my city? God, would you work in my marriage? God, would you, would you transform this? God, I give this to you. I surrender to you. God, would you work in their life and keep your hands raised? We win. We win. Moses sat on the rock. What's the rock? Jesus. We rest in Jesus. We sit, we rest in him, full trust in him, in the promises that he's given. We take a seat and with our arms tired, we lift them up anyways. We lift them up anyways. And the battle rages in front of us. And God's promise to you and me is this. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, don't quit, you'll win. Don't stop trusting, you'll win. He really is faithful. He really is who he says he is. And so Paul was looking at this church at Colossae and he said, look, from the day I heard that you put your faith in Jesus, I didn't forget about you. And I am praying this one thing over and over and over for you. Just like this whole thing with Moses holding his hands up. And he's saying this, look, I'm going to pray this simple thing. That you would be filled with the knowledge of what God wants for your life. So there's Paul looking at these people and saying, God, would you, would you open their eyes to what you have for them? Would you, would you show them with all spiritual wisdom and understanding Now, I don't think that means that Paul, every second of his day, was like praying all the time and he didn't have conversation with anybody else, he's just praying. But I think in his consistent day in, day out life, he was consistently with his coming back to the place of, God, would you bless them? Would you work in their life? God, would you show them what you have for them? And and I want to say this, in in this season of prayer and fasting, this, this prayer right here is my prayer that I'm praying for you for the next, actually through the end of January, I'm going to be praying this. God, would you show each person in our church what's your will for their life? God, what do you want for them? People want to get married and and people want new jobs and people want to move and people want to grow in this and that and they want to do all these different things. All of that's wonderful, but you know what? All of that, God, what do you want for them? What do you have for their life? What is the specific thing that you have for them? And my prayer through this fast, God, open our eyes. I don't, I don't know about you. I have no desire to be busy and just do a bunch of stuff and work really hard and hope I get somewhere. I want to go somewhere that's going to matter. I want my life to matter in 2022. that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I, as I was looking at that, I was thinking this question, what's God's will? And there's a couple things we do know, and if you can put that first slide up, we know a few things about what God's will is. You can go to the next one after the verse. 
we know that it's God's will that we'd be thankful. We know that it's uh, God's will. You can go to the next slide. Um, I guess it's not on there. Um, we know that it's God's will that we'd be thankful. We know that it's, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we know that it's God's will that we would be filled with the Spirit. And by the way, it's not a confusing thing to be filled with the Spirit, but as we open up our heart in worship to God, He fills us. As we open up our heart to God's Word, He fills us. It's God's will that we would be thankful. It's God's will that we would do good. It's God's will that we'd be filled with the Spirit. It's God's will that we would act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. It's God's will that we would make Jesus the leader of our lives. This is God's will that we know of. God, if you want to please God, be thankful. If you want to know God's will for your life, do good. If you, if you want to know what it is of our God's will, be filled with the Spirit. Have a life of worship. If, if you want to follow God's will, be, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. You want to know what God's will is? Make Jesus the leader of your life. This is the general will of God. This is what we know. And, and there's three things I want to say in this space, okay? Knowing the will of God comes down. There's three requirements to the will of God. One, we live a life modeled after God's word. That's one, that's a biblical lifestyle. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. This is your worship. Don't be like the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by the testing of it, you might discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. How do we know God's will for our life? Dig into the word of God. And I find that when I read God's word, it challenges how I live. If I read this and I never find anything that I disagree with or I struggle with or is a challenge for me to read. Like Jesus said this, if anybody wants to follow me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me daily. The Bible should challenge how I live. If I read it and it never challenges me, I think I'm reading it too fast. There's a need to slow down because God's word will transform my thinking. God's word will challenge my thinking. God's word will make me go, maybe, maybe I need to adjust. James 1.21 says this, or 22 says, be doers of God's word, not just hearers only, because that'll deceive yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a person who looks intently at his face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, but then he goes away and he forgets what he looks like. This is what it's like to hear a sermon or read the Bible and hear something like we should give to the poor, but then we don't do it. This is what it's like if God says, hey, I want you to do X, Y, and Z, but what we don't do, what happens is my brain goes, yes, but my heart is closed. Example, if sometime, sometime on a Sunday or some week you're reading the Bible and something convicts your heart, like I just said, giving, giving to the poor. By the way, Ginny, um, she has a friend named Stephen who they are giving actually shoes to a bunch of orphans. I think it's in Africa, right? And it's what, 10 bucks? 10 bucks for a pair of shoes. 
So the Bible says we're called to do good and to give to the poor. But if I close my heart to the giving of the poor, the knowledge stays, but my heart doesn't change. This is why we can know so much good, but not actually act on it. Because after a while, we get numb. We get numb to all the information. Let's not be those that forget what's true. We know we're in God's will when we're living a life modeled after him. We know we're in God's will, number two, where there's peace. Do you have peace in your heart? Like seriously, do you wake up and is there a sense of anxiety? Is there a sense of peace? Is there a sense of everything's okay? Is there a sense of like turmoil in your heart? I know it says this in Isaiah 26 verse 3. You keep him in perfect peace. Not like sort of peace, but perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because he trusts in you. What does peace have to do with? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen when I say this? What's going to happen when I do this? But there's a space that when we are in a trust, in a place of rest before God, in other words, God, I've done everything I know to do to follow you. Now I know that you're holding me. There is a peace that settles in our heart. I know that I lose peace when in a few different spaces. One, I'm either not living how I'm supposed to, I'm believing a lie, or I take a, a misstep. Good example of this, I think about eight, ten years ago, I decided, I was in my late 20s, and I decided, by golly, it's time I, I find somebody to get married to. I'm like, I want to get married, I want to meet somebody, that's it. So I decided I was going to change things. And so I went on to eHarmony.com. You can all laugh now. It's okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to meet somebody. I'm done with this whole single life thing. So I, I went all these, saw these things, and I, met, I found this one girl. Go online. We start talking back and forth. And uh, we connect. And there's this one button where I got to click, and if I wanted to, like, actually meet this person, connect with them. And I was about to click on it, and right before I clicked on the button... I get this warning in my heart. Anyone ever had this experience? You get the warning? I get this warning in my heart, and it was the Holy Spirit. And he's like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I went, no, I'm going to do it. Because I'm sick of this single thing. I'm sick of being by myself. I'm sick of this. I'm doing it. So I clicked. Folks, I wish I would have never done that. Because what transpired was years of, of pursuing in a relationship where there was anxiety, stress. I ended up making decisions I wish I would have never done. She ended up moving up here. It was not what was supposed to happen. And we all enter into a place of stress. And in the end, I did the right thing. I broke it off and we ended up not together. And by God's grace, I met the woman I was called to marry. And I'm so grateful. But guys, I want to tell you this. I had no peace. I had no peace for two years. Why did I have no peace? Because I was not where I was supposed to be. When I step outside of what God has said, the peace leaves. God always has forgiveness. God always has restoration. But when I do it my way, the road becomes anxious, frustrated, 
it gets hard, you get tired, you lose your sleep. It's just rough. When I turned and I went, okay, God, I, I'm stopping this. That's called repentance. And I turned and I broke the relationship off. I turned my heart towards God. And I, I ended up doing all the hard things that come right back in the place. You know what happened? Peace came back. Joy came back. Hope came back. Because peace is in the place of saying, God, I surrender. Your way, not my way. You are in the will of God when you're walking in a biblical lifestyle. You're in the will of God when you know there's, when you have that sense of peace. That peace can also lift kind of in places where there's a misstep. By that, I mean you're not necessarily doing the wrong thing. But you ever done this? You start to walk down a path. Maybe it's you're going to invest some money. Maybe it's you're going to do something. And you kind of get a, a feeling of like a restraint. Like maybe I shouldn't do this. That's often the Holy Spirit saying one of two things. Either one, the timing's not right. Good idea, wrong time. Or two, eh, I got something better. And I have found whenever I listen to God's voice, it always works out way better. And usually, I don't have any grid for there's going to be the answer. Like, I, I need this thing to happen. I need to get a job. I need to work at something. But I have found that when I simply trust God in his timing... Trust God in his operating. He always provides. And when I get nervous and I decide I got to make this and do this myself, I always end up a lot more tired and a lot more frustrated. Walk in his ways, you'll be blessed. Walk in your ways, you'll be stressed. Every single time. I didn't even try to rhyme that. I really didn't. <laughs> it worked out. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And, and I don't know if this is anybody else's story, but I have found that a lot of the Holy Spirit way he's spoken to me has been a lot more about telling me no than yes, and it's made me really frustrated over the years. I remember at one point I really wanted to go to this missions place in Africa. I was like, oh, this would be so cool. This lady named Heidi Baker was doing all these cool things. I wanted to go out there. And God's like, nope, can't go. Not right. Mm, fine. I uh, was at university, and I wanted to do a bunch of stuff, and God's like, nope, don't do it. Not right. Okay. Wanted to go to this other school down in California. God said no. I wanted to go to Kansas City. God said no. And I was always the guy that I'm like, I am leaving Bellingham, Linden. I am getting the heck out of here. I got a life to live. I'm going. <laughs> and I live in Bellingham, and I didn't leave. And I didn't leave, and I even, even in this, my wife and I were talking about starting a church. We knew we were supposed to do something. And we were up in northern Canada, eastern Canada, eastern Washington, got a call from Malaysia, southern California, all these places. And every single time, I would say, God, what do you say? And he's like, nope, nope, nope. Man, that's aggravating. God, do you ever say yes? And God's like, nope, nope. And in that place of frustration, I have found that often I get way more accomplished when I stand still and say, God, I trust you. Because that place of peace in my heart is more valuable than having anything accomplished in my life. I'd rather be close to him and know him that have all these things and work really hard. But I know that if I try to do something on my own, I'm just going to end up exhausted. It's better to wait on his voice and follow his lead. They are so much happier. Another space where the peace can lift is sometimes also, I can't talk, 
also in the place of lies that we can believe. We get, everybody in this room has experienced this. That voice of condemnation, you're not good, or that voice of, of you're not good enough. You screwed it up, you're not accepted, you, you're, you'll never be good enough, you're not loved, you're not worth it, or, or like you can never attain it, you, you, you're just going to mess up again. And those lies have no power except when we believe it. Except when we come into the place of being like, well, maybe it's true. Maybe I'm always a screw up. Maybe I'll never make it. Maybe God doesn't accept me. And all of that is a total lie until we start to accept it in our heart. And when I accept that in my heart, it becomes real. And then the lie gets louder because they're like, well, I guess, I guess it is true. I guess I will always screw things up. I guess I'll never make it. And God's like, oh, but if you would just be like Moses and sit on the rock, that's Jesus. Lift your hands even when you're tired and say, God, would you fight for me? Because in my own strength, all I know is that I'm tired and I need people to help lift my hands. And how the heck do we win a battle with me lifting my hands with a stick in my hands? But somehow God wanted a partnership with Moses in that moment where he said, see Moses, you're tired. You don't have what it is, but I'm asking that you would lift your hands in faith, that you would come in in a place of faith and just know that I'm going to win the battle. What I need to see from you, and this is what God says to you and me, what I need to see from you is active faith. That even when you're tired, grumpy, sad, depressed. I don't care. I'm lifting my hands. God's going to come through. I don't care that I messed up 30 seconds ago. God's going to come through. I don't care that I have no clue about my future. I'm going to trust that he's going to come through. I'm going to sit down on the rock that's Jesus. I'm going to trust him, lift my hands, and I need some help with people to lift my hands, right? We need people that can encourage us and say, I'm going I'm to lift your hands. God's will is in a biblical lifestyle. God's will comes with peace. God's will requires faith. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. I think sometimes we try to please God with our good works, with our cash, with our whatever. We try to do the good things. But God says, it's impossible to please me unless you have faith. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God's faith requires, get this, requires you to step into the unknown. It requires you to be in a place of, I don't know, but I'm trusting. Sometimes that looks like standing very still. And not saying no to things because you're trusting him. Sometimes that requires you to move out and say, okay, God said this. Think about Peter. He's in a boat. There's a big storm. He sees Jesus walking to him in the water. And they were all freaked out. They thought it was a ghost. And Peter says, if that's you, tell me to come out after you. Jesus says what? Come. Faith isn't about good, positive thinking talk. Where if I just have enough confidence, I can do it. That's not faith. Faith is hearing God and stepping out on what he says. Peter said, if that's you, let me come to you. Peter then, because he heard 
and stepped, he stepped out, and guess what? He walked on water. Why? Because he believed in and he took steps into what God has said. What has God said to you? What has God said to you about your life? What has God said to you about your future? Are you taking steps of action into that? Because if you do, God will supply. If you don't, God will wait. God waits for us to take active steps, steps of faith into what he has said. It takes faith to go and it takes faith to stay. I mean, I can even say this. You guys have probably heard this before, but with Bless the City even... I think January of 2020, we had, a, we had an income of 600 bucks a month, I think. August of that year, we didn't have any income. And we just said, okay. God told us to do this thing. We're going we're gonna to do it. And God has been faithful every step of the way to su- provide for us financially. He's been faithful. But we took a step having no sense of orientation except this. God said it. I'm stepping out. He's faithful. And faith, honestly, I'll say this to you. Faith has a lot to do with your money. Faith has a lot to do with your time. If you're saying, I don't have time to seek God because of finances, I would challenge your faith. Because if you can step out, create the space to say, you know what, I am going to actually make time to hear from God, I, I bet you, I, I, would, I, would, I'll, I don't know, we can make a bet right now. But if you would take the time you'll find that God will meet you and speak to you, and that'll be way worth more than any money you can make. Trust his voice. Provision is where he is speaking. Don't let fear limit you because you haven't figured out the plan. You will never figure out the plan, but what God will do is give you step number one. In step number one, he waits for you and for me to take a step out of the boat where you can't stand. And in that place, he's like, okay, now step number two. And we're saying, well, God, what about step three, four, five? He's like, I'm not talking about those. I'm waiting for you to step out of your confidence space. I'm waiting for you to step out of self-reliance and step into, I had said this, I'm going to trust God. That looks like putting your money where your mouth is. That looks like taking steps where you don't know what's going to happen. That looks like walking across a room to talk to someone and while you're thinking, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Because God gives step one, and then in step one, he gives step two. Never ahead, and honestly, it can feel kind of late sometimes. My parents always tell this story, but they were in Edmonton, Alberta, and God told them that they were supposed to move to Portland, Oregon. It was the middle of December in, um, in Edmonton, Alberta, and they went to a realtor, and they said to the realtor, hey, we want to put our house on the market. The realtor said, nobody sells their house in December in Edmonton, Alberta. There's like three feet of snow outside. They said, I don't know. God told us to. So they put their house on the market. December 23rd, the house sells in the middle of December. They're packing up, and my dad says to my mom, you know, this might be tricky going to, to Oregon because I am a German citizen, and I don't have a legal right to go into the U.S. yet. What do we do? They're like, I don't know. Let's apply. They apply, beginning of December they applied, to go in to get a green card. No word. Nothing. 
they're packing up. Get this. They're packing up their house. It's the very end. It's like the 30th of December. They open the mailbox, and what's there? The green card. It came the day before they left. God always provides. But he waits for you and I to take a step of risk into what he has said. You will not experience the provision of God until you take the step. We're waiting. I think sometimes we do this. I'm like, okay, God, any time now, you can do what you said you would do. And God's like, uh-uh, no, after you step. After you take a moment, after you step in, and all your weight has shifted from your self-reliance into this new step in God, that's when you'll experience what God has. God always comes through. Step one, biblical lifestyle. If you're not walking in a biblical lifestyle, reading God's word, conforming your life to it, you won't experience the will of God. Two, if you lose the peace, you're off track somewhere. Go back. Find what God has said. The peace will return. Three, it requires risk. Now, now all that's great for the general stuff. And as we step into this place of prayer and fasting, you guys might be in a space where you're looking at and being like, man, I, I got specific questions about my finances, about my family, about relationships, about all of the things in life. What about those things? And I think that's partly what Paul was talking about in Colossians 1, 9 through 14, because we need to know specifically what to do about our life, about our walk, about raising families and about what are all the different stuff. We need to hear what God is saying. And it says this, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God's will for your life and my life is this, that your life would be fruitful and that you would grow not just in a, like an intellectual knowledge of God, but in a personal knowing of him. Here's the thing that I found that's really hard. I have found that when I get more blessed, I'm tempted to walk away from friendship with God. Anyone ever experienced that? When I have more money, when I'm more successful, when I have more friends, when I have, when I have more, I am tempted to hang out with God less. So Paul's prayer his word to these people is this. Look, I am praying that you would be blessed, that you would stay in that place of knowing God. Because we seek God for his will. You ever found this? Oh God, I really need your help. Oh God, I really need you to come through. And then once God comes through, once I take those steps of faith, I do the thing. You're like, thanks God. See ya. It's almost like we come to God with a contract and say, okay, God, hey, I got a plan here. If you could just initial here, sign here, and initial there. Awesome, thanks. Thank you, God. See ya. And we got these great plans, and we got these great things from life, and God's like, yeah, that ain't gonna work for me. You see, I have a plan for your life, and I just need you to sign on the bottom that says, all to Jesus I surrender. And in that, you'll be blessed. In that, you'll be fruitful. In that, you'll find yourself the most fulfilled you've ever been is in the place of submitting to God's ways. But the place of fruitfulness, there's such a temptation to leave God out of the mix. 
so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I, there's another story from Moses, and with this we're going to end. They're about to enter into their promised land. This is God's will for the people of Israel. And God turns to Moses and he says, why don't you leave these people? I'm going to leave these people and um, tell you what, Moses, I'm going to bless them and I'm going to send them with an angel. I'm going to send an angel before them. I'm going to drive out the Canaanites, and the Amorites and the Hittites and the Persites and all the ites. And I'm going to give them the land that I promised to them. They're going to get this amazing inheritance. But just so you know, Moses, I'm not going I'm going to bless them. I'm going to give them everything that I promised to them, but I'm not going. In other words, God was saying this. I'm going to give them forward progress. I'm going to give them their inheritance. I'm going to give them even miracles. I'm going to give them victory over their enemies. I'm going to make them prosperous in every way. How's that for a deal? But I'm not going. Would you take that deal? Would you take a deal where you get all the blessings of God, you get an amazing life, all this stuff, and God's like, yeah, you can have that, but uh, you're not going to have my presence. You're not going to have my person. Moses' word back to God was, God, if you don't go, we're not going. Because Moses realized something. All of the fulfillment in life, all of the getting of stuff, all of that, if you don't have him, it's still not satisfying. My heart will always be longing for something more, and that more is him. All the money in the world can't compare to friendship with God. I pray that you might walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hey, Marcus, could you come up and just strum a little? So here's my, here's my question to you. I'm going to walk through those three things real quick. Are you living according to God's word? Two, do you have a peace in your heart? Is there a sense in your heart of that peace and that rest in God where you're like, it's well with my soul. Maybe, maybe life's crazy on the outside, but on the inside you can say, I have peace. If not, what's the last place you had peace with God? Because that's the space he wants you to go back to. And three, is there a place that God is calling you to? And I think the answer is yes. To step out in faith where you take a risk and you put your full weight into, okay, God, I'm going to take this step. All of us are called in 2022 to take steps of faith. That means with your money. That means with your time. That means with your relationships. That means in there's a space of stepping into the unknown that you don't know. And it's uncomfortable. But God's plan for you is on the other side of that simple step of faith. No step. No transformation. You got to take a step. Week of the 16th, we're going to be having a week of prayer and fasting. That Monday night, we'll be with Church of the Restoration on the guide. If you can put that slide up, actually. And then on Wednesday, we're going to start a thing here, Wednesday nights, called The Pursuit. 
And I, I really have sensed God in this thing because we're going to be coming every Wednesday night, 6 p.m. for an hour. Here's our simple cry. Oh, God, help. Oh, God, lead us. Oh, God, fill us with you. We really need to know what you have for us. Oh, God, free us. Oh, God, touch our city. But we're coming. We're going to be worshiping and praying. Just saying, oh, God, come. Every Wednesday night, right here, every week. We just keep seeking God. And I can promise you this. By the end of the year, we step into the end of 2022. I believe this. I'm saying this by faith. And man, I'm saying this all my heart. Man, that we would do the will of God. That we could look at the end of this year and say, I took some steps of faith. I got peace in my heart. And as much as I know, I am modeling my life after what he told for me in this book. And so I'm asking for each one of you for that next week. I'm saying it this week and we're doing a week. I'm asking you to step into fasting with us. And this is what that looks like. It looks like either limiting your food intake. Maybe you're not going to do meats, sweets, and treats. You're, maybe you're going to cut out media for the week. Maybe you're going to do like a, just a veggie fast. But the whole point of this, it's not, this is not like bless the city diet week, you know. The goal is not just we stop eating, but the goal is that we refrain from and we turn our hearts to. In other words, the hunger pains, the desire for media, the desire for entertainment, that all of that stuff, we're saying, I know that that's actually not what fulfills me, but it's actually Jesus. So when I'm hungry, I'm going to open my Bible. When I'm, I want to watch my favorite show, I'm going to turn on that worship song. Why? Because we want to know the will of God. We want to know what he has for us. I don't want to walk aimlessly, amen? Like, I don't want to walk aimlessly. I don't want to live my life just because maybe this is how we do it. No, I want to step into exactly what God has. I want to be like Moses and say, God, unless you go, I'm not going. I don't care how successful I am. You guys, we don't want to do anything except God's friendship with us because that's the place of the greatest joy. Everyone just close your eyes with me. Actually, not with me because my eyes are going to stay open. Does your life line up with God's word? The answer is no, it doesn't. But is your heart to have it line up with his word? You're shifting your heart to be like it. Two, do you got peace in your heart? Do you? His peace is available to everyone in this room. And three, are you ready to take a step of risk with your finances, with your time? God, I just pray that today um, that you would speak to each one of our hearts. We want to model our life after you and your ways. God, I pray for the peace of God that passes understanding to guard each heart and mind in this room. 
God, we want to know your will for our lives. If you're, a, if you're in a space, you're like, I need to know God's will for something. Could you just lift your hand? I just want to see it because I want to be praying for you specifically the next two weeks. Okay, God. God, you see our hands. You see our hearts. We want to model our lives. We want to turn them over to you. God, I pray that each person sets aside time to fast, to pray, um, to turn off the TV, to turn on the worship, to, to seek you in, their, in all of their things, God, that we would hear you. And I pray that the week of the 16th, God, I pray would be a week of encounter, a week of hearing you and knowing this is God's will for my life. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you need to talk to your spouse and you need to ask yourself a question. What are we going to do together? Maybe that looks like you need to start doing devotions together as a family. Some of you, you just need to decide that week I'm, I might take a, a day off of work or I might need to do something because we want to set some side, time aside to read God's word, to pray, to hear God. This will pay so much more dividends than anything else you can do. Hearing God's voice. Your life changes not just when you talk to God, but when he talks to you. That's when things change. So if we could all just stand on up. I'm so honored. We're so honored to, to be here. And I'm just going to ask Marcus if he can keep playing. And we're going to open up the, the front just if you want to come and seek God and just say, God, speak to my life. But if you can put the benediction on the screen. We're all just going to pray this together. Let's just say this all together. Today, we pray that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. God, we just pray this today God, with all our hearts. God, we don't want to walk aimlessly in 2022, but we say, God, speak to us, direct us. We're listening. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. And everyone said, amen.